Hello and welcome to Podcasters on Purpose. This is Debbie Adea, your host, and today I am so excited and delighted to have Dave Adams and Sandy Everingham joining us. Life partners, creative professionals, and show hosts Dave Adams and Sandy Everingham have a passion for wine adventure, especially in their home state of Washington. The state is the second largest producer of wine in the United States with close to a thousand wineries and a terroir that one winemaker dubbed a Disneyland for grape growing. It's a tough job to try them all, but they're willing to do the grueling work. Dave and Sandy are currently wine and spirit education trust students. So while they learn, you can too. Their podcast, Decanted, features interviews with notable winemakers, wine educators, covers industry events and travel destinations. Dave is in the UX biz for a gigantic Borg machine, former basement beer brewer, old-timey impressionist and enjoys hearing the sound of his own voice. Sandy herds artistic cats in the game industry and a true side hustler, creative manager, artist, professional coach, and podcast host. Unsurprisingly, her favorite toy as a child was a tape recorder. Uh, they are delightful podcasters. I love their show. I love what they're up to and I'm really excited to have them on today. So welcome to the show, guys. Hi, Debbie. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you. I'm so excited to talk about Decanted. I've been really blessed to participate with this journey with them from the beginning. Uh, we started actually in our Podcast on Purpose online course, right? So exactly. kind of spawned out of there and I've watched their journey and they've just done amazing things. So I'm really excited to talk about some of their journey with their show. So why don't you guys just, if we could start off and talk a little bit about your show concept and how it all started out for you. Well, it all started, I think, when Dave and I first started dating. We had such good chemistry, and we loved talking um, to all hours of the night. And everywhere we went, we always felt like, oh, boy, would it be great if we had a boom mic following us everywhere? You know, that was kind of the joke between us. And I actually started wanting to get into podcasting for another business. And at the same time, Dave and I started talking about, hey, maybe we should start a podcast. And so we would workshop that. Yeah, exactly. And I was already a huge podcasting fan. And I suggested that, you know, we design something like the podcasts we were listening to on our road trips for ourselves. So on one of those road trips, which ironically enough was, was to Walla Walla, Washington, where wine tasting, we decided to come up with a sort of straw man for what this uh, podcast would be. Ironically, it wasn't a wine podcast. The first concept was about music. Interesting. Yeah. So talk a little bit about that and how that turned from music to wine. <laughs> well, it all came down to money. We realized that what our concept we wanted to do was going to cost too much per month. You know, licensing. There was a lot of, um, oh, what am I going to say? A lot of moving parts. Yeah. A lot of moving parts. It was going to cost, I don't know, like $1,400 a month. And that was way too much. Yeah. And, and, you know, uh, but after one of our many wine tasting trips, we asked ourselves, well, if we can't do it with the original idea, which was music, maybe wine could be the subject instead. You know, and I think that uh, after a day of wine tasting, lots of great ideas are coming out all over the place. But that one was sort of like, well, you know, we're already taking our friends out to these wineries. We're already telling everybody about these fantastic wines that we've been discovering. Why don't we just extend our friend network to the entire world? 
That's fantastic. And I remember, you. so the music, when you say thousands, that's because of the music royalties you'd have to pay? Is that the... Yes, that's exactly. correct. Okay. So I remember some of your early names that probably came out as the wine was flowing. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys remember any off the top of your head? You guys are so creative. I don't know if yes. you if you have a recollection of some of the others. Decanted's amazing. I think we came up with about 75 names. Right. <laughs> and, oh man, there, there were quite a few. Hey, Can you think of one? Wine is this happening to me? Poor pornography, which probably not safe for work. This was just, that was not a serious one. That was just throwing everything on the wall and then laughing hysterically about it. That sounds wonderful. Many, many ideas. <laughs> yeah, I remember you had like a list of them that I heard once that were, they were just all super creative. I love them all. But Decanted is a fantastic uh, name for your show. It's the perfect one. And you guys have done something a little bit different than kind of standard podcasts and that you typically go on site. So can you talk a little bit about how that journey has been for you and kind of, you know, deconstructing how to be on site and do recordings? Yes. We decided early on that we wanted to be one-on-one with our guest instead of over Zoom or over the telephone. We felt that, especially when we're talking about wine, it's a very intimate experience when you're sharing wine with friends. And so we're kind of recreating that between the, you know, the winemaker or the wine educator and, and us. And hopefully that synergy and warmth and that fun of sharing wine and talking about wine can you know, be communicated through the show. I think it's an outgrowth of our trips to the wineries and our trips to the estates where these wineries are located. For us, that was sort of the inspiration of, you know, behind this hobby that we had already developed. And so when we decided that the podcast was going to be about wine, I think we both agreed that what we wanted to do was to focus on the storytelling aspect of when we go to visit in a state, if we go to visit um, a vintner, what is it about that that sets it apart from every other vintner? And every vintner is different, and every estate and every wine make, you know, winery is different. So I think that that's something that maybe doesn't come through as much if you're just looking at somebody else through a video. So, you know, when we go out there, we're really kind of looking to expand on what it is we're, we're looking at and what we're experiencing at the time. Yeah, it really feels like you're being you're bringing us in to the actual winery itself with you. So, how have you managed to do that with the typical like setup? Like, so you know, I know a lot of times with Zoom, we have like a microphone and a computer and Zoom. Uh, we were talking a little bit in the green room, and you were sharing some of the setup that you take with you. Can you talk a little bit about that? How you set it up? Sure. I mean, I think we can do a uh, sort of a easy on the go setup with the wonderful Tascam recorder that we have that can be mic'd with a, a lavalier. Thank you, Sandra. Remembering <laughs> the name lavalier. And we've gotten some wonderful recording quality from that. It's not the best that we can get. And so what we have done is we've created a mobile unit that uh, a suitcase full of our recording equipment. And we literally take my computer, a mixing board, two high quality microphones, a huge slam of acoustic foam, which we hang on a coat rack, and we create a mobile recording studio everywhere we go. The trade-off is, for all of that pain and suffering, 
is that we get really high quality audio when we go to interview people. The downside is that it takes us somewhere between 20 to 25 minutes to set up and break down this whole uh, rig every time we do a recording. It hasn't been a problem, and most winemakers and most of the people we interview have been very, very patient and very understanding. And I think that when they hear the final quality on the podcast, everybody understands why we went through all that pain and suffering. Absolutely. And you guys actually have it kind of tied into to your overall web experience, right? So how have you integrated your podcast into more of a brand, really? We have tried to give added value to our guests that is beyond uh, the recorded podcast. So their episode, they'll each have an episode page. Uh, they'll go to a website, they'll have a show notes, maybe a sh- maybe it's 500 words or less, short blog, you know, nice hero image, uh, a media player right on the page, and then show photographs, photographs that I've taken of, of them in their winery or of their space, maybe their vineyard. They will provide any extra photographs that they want to have featured. And so when people go to the webpage, they get a visual experience and an audio experience. It's value added. And uh, we also have an opportunity because of this methodology to put links to their product and links to the wines that we enjoyed while we were staying with them or enjoying their company. That's fantastic. I love that. And you're, so you're not only bringing us into the winery, but you're really showcasing the winery in a beautiful way around something you love so deeply. Obviously you guys are favorite like wine lovers <laughs> or, you know, it's, it's truly the, a passion podcast. I can really get the, the passion you have for it. It is. And we want to really showcase the industry professionals. We want to, everyone to know about them. We want to know, or we want other people to know how great Washington wine is. It's a celebration. Uh, we just interviewed the great uh, winemaker in Woodenville, Washington, John Biglow of JM Cellars. And at the end of his interview, he made that point that uh, he was happy to meet with us. He was happy to talk with us because of the nature of the podcast. And it is a celebratory experiment that we're doing here, as opposed to a wine criticism or you know wine uh, scoring. I think that that is left to the people that do it the best. And what we're trying to do is, you know, explore what we think is great about each one of these wineries and vintners that we meet. I think that's fantastic. I much prefer that actually showing what showcasing what is great about something so you can move towards that rather than, you know, that focusing on the downside of different things, you know, might as well put our energy where we want things to go. Right. So there's enough trolls out there already. I don't think we need I don't think the world needs too many more trolls. <laughs> no more trolls. We're good. <laughs> I think the world needs more stories. Yeah. Provide, and that's one of the reasons our, our format and style of the show is uh, narrated storytelling in between the interview answers. Absolutely. Well, and I love your the dynamic between the two of you. You guys have this amazing kind of back and forth banter and and how you kind of like do things together. Obviously you live together, you know each other really well, you, you do life together and you do wine together. So how has that been for you being co-hosts? Because also another non-typical thing for podcasts, it's, there are a percentage of shows that do that, but it's not, you know, the majority of the show. So how's it been doing co-hosting together and also being partners too? I'm curious about that. Well, I wouldn't have it any other way. I don't think that the show would exist if it were just each of us alone. This is truly a 
a collaborative effort and something that we have created and birthed together. Right. I think that it is a perfect union of different types of strengths. So I'm taking on, you know, the initial sort of outline of what, you know, the episode will be and Sandy will edit it and make it better. Well, I call it, I'm <laughs> going to take my machete and I come and I take my machete and I, you know, cut it all up and rewrite it and reorganize it. So it's understandable. The world's, <laughs> kind, the world's kindest machete. <laughs> Just uh, with a butter knife. A butter knife. <laughs> <laughs> I will set up the recording and do all of the sound editing and do all of the audio treatments. And Sandy will help with uh, the staging and the uh, organization of the content to make sure that we're, you know, getting the right pacing going. And also, you know, when we do interviews, I always make sure that Sandy is the much more attractive of the two of us and <laughs> is, is the more interesting person to listen to, in my opinion. So it's, it's uh-huh. nice that we put her in front of the, the interview subjects, and I just sit to the side with my earphones on and uh, act as the uh, tech coordinator. Oh, that's very nice. Yes. <laughs> Actually, you guys are both beautiful to look at. You both are very good to, to listen to. So Not so bad yourself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you guys are a dynamic duo for sure. <laughs> and then what's next step? After you're, while you're editing... I am getting the website together. So I am doing all the photo treatments. I'm writing the show notes and what's going to go on the webpage, the social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, getting our social media photos, our promotional photos up for the show. And then she comes to me after she's assembled all of that. And I come in with a much smaller machete. (laughs) Another butter knife. (laughs) Another another butter knife and uh, make comments. So it's truly collaborative effort. That's fantastic. So you guys actually really give a lot of attention and detail and care to your show. Like I really get that you spend a lot of thought and planning it. You do a lot of work around that. Do you ever see yourself outsourcing any piece of that or the pieces that you're doing kind of your core genius that you love? Absolutely. I would love to outsource the website work, which I would love to do. Yeah. I'm just Well, I'm a bit of a perfectionist and I believe that's going to be part of your answer too. <laughs> I think that that's pretty obvious. If you listen to the show, I mean, it is meticulously designed. We workshopped this hybrid format pretty well before we ever recorded an episode. And I think we workshopped the thing for six months. We were in your class. We were always terrified that, you know, we were going too far over the limit on the amount of time that, you know, that you were suggesting that we allocate for, for certain things. But I think that that, and we're glad we did. Because we finally put together a concept in a product that we can really be proud of. Uh, and in answer to your question, I think if I had to outsource something, it would probably be the audio editing aspect of it. Not necessarily the order in which things happen in the podcast or the edits on time or the edits on content. That's something I think I'll always do. But the actual treatment of the sound recording that we make uh, can sometimes be very, very complex and and very, very time consuming. So then that, again, this comes down to uh, the decision that we made to take this big rig with us onto the site and to do the recordings in a multitude of different types of locations that comes inherent with all kinds of unpredictable recording artifacts. So, you know, I've gotten pretty good 
at fixing up audio tracks and overcoming echo and dealing with background noises and, you know, taking out airplanes and, you know, fists slamming on tables. But it's very, very time consuming. It's the one part of the technical aspect of creating a podcast that I had not foreseen. And I know that a lot of people don't go through all of this because they're using different types of recording methodologies. But because of the way we wanted to do this, and because this is my hobby, so to speak, I think <laughs> this is something I'm willing to do. I would also like to volunteer for you another thing you should outsource. Oh, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> the 250 ums oh, uh, right. that, yeah. that might occur within an interview that need to be removed. I've probably been guilty of at least 75 or 80 in this interview alone. Um, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there have been a couple of occasions where people have done that. I try to warn people now. And as we go through after doing this for a year, I think my warnings have become much more articulate and, and much more detailed when we begin a recording process with somebody. So I, I will lay out the prerequisite warnings and that at some point along the way, I just have to roll with the reality of what's happening. So if it keeps happening after a certain point, do you keep stopping the recording? Do you interrupt the flow when somebody's telling an amazing story? No, you kind of let the let the chips fall where they may. And then that's where I come in as the audio recording engineer and try to fix all that stuff. Perfect. I love it. Yeah. And I think those are great pieces that are probably more time consuming too, the stuff that you guys are thinking about outsourcing. I love that. So what's your favorite, like if you had one or maybe two of your favorite episodes that you've done where you've been in a winery, and I know you guys love all sorts of wines, so I'm not asking you to pick a winery because I know that that would be like picking which child you love most, but <laughs> just episodes maybe that de delighted you for some particular reason. The first thing that comes to my mind is wine tasting tailgate party. Oh, Sagemore Vineyards. Yes. Yeah. Yes, we um, interviewed Sagemore Vineyards, which has been providing grapes for close to 40 years to many, many Washington wineries. And they started producing their, their own label, finally, after all this time and their beautiful wines. And uh, Kent Walliser and Lacey Liebeck of their vineyard managers and viticultural manager, they drove us out to an iconic vineyard called Bacchus. It was planted in 1972 and it's overlooking the Columbia river and all the vineyards mm. and gorgeous day, blue sky. And he drove his pickup truck out there, lowered the pickup truck bed, sat out all these bottles of wine, wine glasses, and we had a wine tasting. How fun. I can't, I've never done tailgate wine tasting before. I don't think most people have. What a treat. And we recorded that as well. That became a part of a segment in that interview show. Did you have to set up everything for that too? Were they like... Yeah, great question. We we ended up in that case using... Yeah, did I bring my mixing board <laughs> no. out to the tailgate party? No. <laughs> just the Tascam, maybe? Yeah. Just the Tascam. And the Tascam yeah. does a pretty good job if it's mic'd properly. So if you've got your lab layer in the right place, you can actually get a pretty good sound rec recording quality. Unfortunately, we had two people we were interviewing. And then, you know, maybe this is one of those tragic tales of technology gone awry. Well, but a learning moment. It's a learning moment. Thank you, Sandy. That's we exactly needed right. We a splitter yeah. with two labs. Yeah, we, we should have had two labs. We should have had a splitter. Uh, we could have easily done so because the wonderful Tascam recording unit has two inputs. 
So we know now that we know we will do this differently next time. If we ever, ever interview anybody at a wine tailgate party. We've actually done pool podcasting at a friend's place with the Tascam with two US, not USB, but XLR mics, just in like a little, not Tupperware, but you know, those plastic bins that they put files in on a raft. So oh, interesting. Very fun and very, it sounded good. I don't know. There's a lot of water there too. So (laughs) another idea for next time you get to go tailgate wine tasting. And and what was another one of your favorites? Maybe one. We we had the opportunity to interview the great winemaker, uh, husband and wife duo of Alexandria Nicole Sellers. And we've been members of Alexandria Nicole. We were members prior to becoming decanted. And one of the features of Alexandria Nicole is that they have built tiny houses inside their vineyard. And I mean, inside the vineyard, directly adjacent to vines. There are four wonderful tiny houses. And as members of Alexandria Nicole, you can go out for a tasting and you can book one of these tiny houses to sleep in for the night. It's essentially a tiny hotel room in the middle of a vineyard. It's got all the luxury accommodations that you would expect out of a running water, you know, <laughs> indoor plumbing, an oven and a refrigerator. So it's, it's a sort of a glorified glamping experience. Well, we had done a stay at Alexandria Nicole's, one of their tiny homes the year before, while we were still workshopping decanted, we actually did our very, very first vocal recording as a couple in one of those tiny houses. So when we came back a year later to interview the winemaker and his business partner wife, we told them, well, our experience with your tiny houses is that the uh, recording setup is fine, but the interior of the tiny house creates severe echo. So it would be nice if you had another room that we could record in. So they took us up to another building that they have on the property called the estate. And the estate was a luxury mansion that was built by one of their neighbors several dozen years ago. And uh, the story goes that she, for whatever reason, had to sell the property. And since the property was adjacent to the vineyard, she gave an opportunity for Allie and Jared to purchase the property, which they did. And they've been utilizing it to do weddings and and big gatherings. And they've used, used it essentially as a big gathering space, which you can rent for large parties. One thing that you can't do is you can't rent it per night like an Airbnb like you would with one of the tiny homes. So after the interview was over in one of these beautiful bedrooms, uh, one of the um, alley, who is uh, one of the owners, said, well, let's get out of their hair so they can get back to their tiny house to enjoy the rest of their evening. To which her husband replied, well, why don't they just stay up here in the estate? <laughs> And I looked at everybody in the room and said, did did everybody hear what I just heard right now? Because he just offered to let us stay up here. Five minutes later, Allie was running down a hallway, grabbing sheets and And and, robes and and slippers and and slippers. This house is incredible. I don't know how many stories. There's like a, a nest, like an eagle's nest at the very, very top of this spiral staircase, 360 view Columbia River vineyards of Horse Heaven Hills, AVA. It's glorious and stairs that just keep ascending down and down and down, not just a regular staircase, just down. I don't know how many couple stories, like three or four stories with, down with a party area and a winemaker dinner table. It's, it was incredible. And a wine cellar. And it, it's yeah. just, it, and then 360 degree views of the entire landscape, including the Columbia river. Wow. 
That sounds amazing. Like just totally peaceful and beautiful and fantastic. So that is a perk of podcasting, let me say. <laughs> so I think what? it's more a testament to what kind of people they are. They're yeah. amazing, warm, wonderful, generous people. That too. But you were there because of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but you might have been there anyway. However, have you started to notice that there are some like benefits to having your podcast? What have you noticed? Just maybe a couple of things that have kind of opened up for you. You know, I know you guys get sometimes to wine. Is that right? Like every once in a while you'll get to participate. Yeah. When we are interviewing winemakers, they bring wine along and we get to open it. We get to drink it. Sometimes we get to keep it. Yeah. Also, we've been able to explore the different events that are in our state, wine tasting events. Um, we have Taste Washington coming up in, in March, which is, I think, I don't know how many hundred wineries. It's huge. There's a private barrel auction that we went to uh, for Children's Hospital last August. And so we got to see firsthand the restaurants and other collectors bidding furiously on these premium barrels that are going to be exclusive to them. And we got to cover the event. So we get to cover different events and we get to attend. That's yeah, fantastic. Great fun. And this is, this is, I mean, that last event that Sandra was referring to is very exclusive and tickets are very, very expensive. So it was kind of an honor to get a press pass for that. That's well, fantastic. The, the private barrel tasting, only media. Only media. Only media besides, you know, people that were going to be participating in the auction. Well, you guys are media. That's for dying yeah. sure. That's <laughs> You're <true>. media decanted. <laughs> yeah, as... As for wineries providing samples for us, I think that's just sort of an opportunity for them to give us uh, an insight into what they're doing. We never request it of them. Uh, we say it is beneficial for us to be able to talk with authority about the product. Yeah. But, you know, we do have a goal, at least, is that we will gain enough momentum with the podcast that more and more wineries will seek us out rather than the other way around, which is sort of where it's at right now. And when that happens, you know, I think it's kind of to their advantage for us to to help provide us with an insight into into their product. I definitely see that in your near future, for sure. So you guys just celebrated your one year anniversary. Tell me how that how it's been this year. Like what what's been like one of your big maybe learning lessons over your first year of having your show? Well, first, I would say how good it feels. Right. I, we, we got past the that dreaded 10 episode curse that you were talking about. <laughs> like 70% like of podcasts no pod don't, don't, yeah. right, don't make it past episode 10. So that was our first milestone. I was like, yay, we made it to 10. We made it past 10. And oh my gosh, yay, we made it to a year. It's very exciting. Uh, I think the, the places that this podcast has taken us, and we've just talked uh, you know, in detail about a couple of those places, have been kind of mind boggling. Like if you would have told me that year 2018 was going to be filled with that many adventures, I would have told you you were crazy. We just had no idea what we were in for. And I, I think part of that is the nature of the podcast and, and the methodology that we employ, which is traveling out to the sites. But it has been a very eye-opening experience. I just thought of another adventure that was the biggest adventure of the year. Portugal. Oh, what? Do tell, do tell. Yeah, we spent <laughs> 10 days in in Porto, Portugal, and then also up the, the Duro River, the Duro Valley, where the port varietals are grown. And so we got to visit the port houses. 
We went with a group, Roy Hirsch, who we interviewed last year. He is part of the Port Brotherhood. He is an expert, an educator of Port and Madeira. And so he brings groups every year to access that no one else can get. We are at the winemakers' homes having dinner or lunch with them. We're drinking ports that are 100 years old, 50 years old. One was from 1827. It's rare and wonderful experiences. All right. That's that's probably the king daddy. Yeah, that was the king. I can't believe that that wasn't the first thing that we thought of. Yeah, no, that was a vacation for us. That wasn't specifically for Decanted, although we got an amazing episode out of it. And we wanted to educate people on port. Because not a lot of people know about it. Our our tagline is Washington Wine and Beyond. And that was definitely beyond. (laughs) That's way beyond, but it's a wonderful way beyond. I love that. And you even stepped into, so port would be like kind of a different category, right? In some ways than what maybe you would originally, but it's great. It's a different style of wine. Yeah. Yeah. Like a a sparkling would be one style, a table wine, which would be red or white and then port, which is a fortified wine. Speaking of which, what is your, do you have a favorite, like a red or a white or a something that you gravitate to as your like go-to wine? Just for anyone who is a wine connoisseur is listening. I don't know if I can choose a specific grape because there's, there's so many and they're just, they're wonderful on, you know, for so many reasons, but I personally gravitate toward white wines, dry white wines, but then I also gravitate to the sweeter Sauternes, the one aged. So age so turns, age Frieslings, the ones that when you smell it, there's petrol coming through on the nose and on the palate. Those are fascinating to me. Mm. And port. Before I went to Portugal, I didn't know much about it. I came back, as Roy said, you guys could probably teach a class on port production now, which maybe Do we it. could. <laughs> <laughs> so our episode is about Port 101. And it's a different podcast. <laughs> so I love, I love Tawny's. And I think I was spoiled on that trip because I don't know if I could drink anything below 20 years now. Yeah. <laughs> we call ourselves the wannabe wine snobs. <laughs> I think we're edging dangerously close to wine snob. <laughs> Do you have a favorite wine, Dave? Like a favorite that you kind of gravitate towards? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think I fell in love over the course of the last two years with Washington State Cabernet Franc. Cabernet Franc is a varietal that has traditionally been used as a blending grape. And what we've seen is that a lot of these guys, a lot of these vintners and the, a lot of these growers in Washington State uh, find that it's the perfect place to grow that, that grape. So a lot of winemakers are making straight Cab Franc or, or predominantly Cab Franc blends, right? So we've had an episode where we actually talked about this. If anybody's interested in you know, hearing more about uh, that particular varietal and what makes it great. And now that we're sort of expanding our scope, if you will, to the, the rest of the world, the beyond, if you will, there are other things that are sort of coming on the radar now. And some of those are uh, wines from you know Italy. Some of those are wines from France. It's sort of a, the part and parcel of the journey that we've been on as decanted. That's beautiful. And where do you guys, if you could just like maybe some of the vision of where you might want to see things going, some ideas you have that are kind of floating around. I know we all are figuring out our trajectory while we're on it. (laughs) 
Do you have any, like any things that you're saying? I know at one point you were talking about how you just love touring wineries, even just like that whole experience. Do you see that where you're going to be continuing being on site? Do you have any other ideas of things that maybe you'd want to share yet? Or is that still kind of in the... Well, I think it's funny that, and I, I think I was mentioning this earlier, the podcast has frequently used by businesses to promote their business or to enhance their business. So you have a business and then you create a podcast to kind of, you know, bring in listeners to, that can then be converted into customers. We're going about it the opposite direction. We created a brand and we're trying to take that brand and make it the best brand that we can make it. And then seeing if we can develop the businesses out of that. Yeah. I like how you said businesses, because I, we, you know, it's both of us, we each have different you know, ideas of maybe what we want to do in the future, different aspirations. You know, either together or separate. I love learning about wine. I want to learn as much as I can. Uh, both of us, we want to do a harvest at a winery oh, this, this September. So we would love to actually get into, you know, the, the crush and be part of the pressing and watching the fermentation and maybe bottling, do that entire process. Do they really crush it with their feet or is that just an I love Lucy thing? <laughs> Some do. Some really? do. And Some do. we have. Yes, we did that. Yes. Yeah, I want to do that. <laughs> I loved it. I thought it was an amazing foot massage. I hated it. I will never do it again. <laughs> <laughs> was it too squishy for you, Dave? <laughs> they don't tell you that the stems are still on there when you're walking oh, around on those grapes. I loved it. It was very exfoliating. <laughs> <laughs> It was like, it just hurts. <laughs> but well, but I, we only did it for 10 minutes. I can't imagine doing it for three hours. I, I can't. I can't fathom and it. And that's what people would do in the villages. About two to three hours of constant oh, and there's, shredding. There's singing and there's dancing and there's bands and it's a huge party. And they're and, drinking. And they're so, drinking pork. And, yeah. Does anyone so I, ever end up all in the, <laughs> in the vet? I hope not. Three hours of, of drinking and <laughs> running around in grapes. That's for the sake of the port, I hope not. Thanks for disaster, but fun, but fun. So speaking of like business, do you guys then get to do any, I know you're not attorneys, so just to qualify, but do you find that you can tax deduct some of your trips or other things, just having your podcast? Has that been something that you've taken advantage of or? Um, what about? We're going to be looking into that. That's been a year. Yeah, yeah it's been a year. And that's what we're, we're going to be looking into what's going to be best for us with that regard. But I don't have any advice to pass on about that because yeah. we're, we're still learning. Right. I mean, I think that we're just trying to build the concepts about what we could do with Decanted if uh, we want to do something additional with Decanted. I, I know that we've talked about potentially doing wine tours. We've talked potentially about doing wine parties. And I think all of these things are within our reach. I know that Sandy has some very, very interesting ideas as well. I, I do. I'm very interested in wine destinations, places where people can go and immerse themselves in wine country. And what does that look like? I'm also interested in, in possibly being a part of a winery, a one that might be developing soon. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all I can say. <laughs> That cork, that, pot, that cork hasn't popped yet. So we're, no, we're no. all done. It's, Debbie. it's still fermenting. It's still fermenting. <laughs> to come in the future, we'll, we'll learn more about that down the road. If you could like pick an ideal, like, is there like a winery or someone that you would just like love to have as your ideal interview? If you could actually have that happen. And, and if so, who would that be? 
or what winery? Well, <laughs> yes. You know, I'm a believer in vision boards. And every year I make a vision board. And I do have one winemaker on my vision board. And that is Christoph Barron of Caius Vineyards. It is a very high caliber, exclusive winery. And the wait list to become a member is approximately the last I heard from somebody who was accepted or was able to join was seven years. Wow. So his wine is consistently uh, awarded as some of the best in Washington, the best in the U.S. Possibly. Fantastic. Yeah. If you're listening, buddy, we're exactly. coming. <laughs> we're coming for you. And if you're listening and you know someone that could actually open that door for oh, Sandy and Dave. Yeah. Really, all we need to do is send an email. Yeah, that's true. You know? <laughs> or if you're listening, buddy. No. <laughs> <laughs> Just give him a call. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I really love what you guys have done with the show. I'm really inspired by how you've taken both of your unique talents and gifts and passion and put it all together in a show that is sharing that with the world, like in such a beautiful way and giving you an opportunity to really live that ongoingly at a deeper level and, and in more beautiful ways. So if you had one piece of advice to give the person listening in today, whether maybe they're a newbie podcast or they've been podcasting for a little while, what would it be? Well, I think that uh, if you're in the business of uh, developing your own podcast, make sure you explore the identity of your personal show formula and the style based on your strengths and listen to different types of podcasts to understand the medium and what others are doing with it. Now, we listen to many different types of podcasts, cooking podcasts, wine podcasts, just storytelling, true crime. True crime. So, <laughs> yeah. So I think understanding what the medium is and what it can do and what makes it exciting for you as a listener. Yeah. Know what your strengths are personally as well. Are you good at, are you an articulate person? Uh, can you do a stream of consciousness type of podcast or are you an incredible interviewer or, or are you more of a storyteller? Yeah. And then, you know, explore your format, you know, your inter interview style. Is it a solo show? Is it a multi-host? Is it a hybrid? Is it a short format, long format? Is it on location? Is it going to be serious and informative or is it going to be humorous? And I think what's important is all these choices are extensions of who you already are. Exactly. Because I think that's going to help guarantee this show is authentic and that people will connect to you. And most importantly, that it's going to feel natural to you and it's going to be work that you enjoy. And then just from a technical level, I think we talked a little bit of this discussion already about some of the challenges that we faced. And so, you know, just figure out what you want. I mean, high production quality is equal to the amount of research and work that you put into it. Right. But, you know, Learn your equipment, learn your acoustics, learn your mic skills, your voice skills, your editing and your marketing skills. All of that's going to come together for you in the end. And then, you know, I mean, if, if it's not worth the trouble doing all of that stuff, low production quality can work as well. But it's important that you know your audience and if that's going to work for them. That's such great advice, guys. I really appreciate that and what you shared. And if the listener would like to get more of you and your show or... 
to maybe take a little one touring journey, going to wine tasting with you next time. How do they, how do they connect with you guys? They can connect with us at decantedpodcast.com and they can connect to us on Twitter at Decanted Podcast, Instagram, Decanted Podcast, and Facebook. And we are on about eight different podcast platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Stitcher, Overcast, CastBox, and Spotify. And we would love to have uh, more people know the the wonders of, of Washington wine. And beyond. <laughs> and beyond. Are you guys open to any nominations? If someone nominates a winery for you, like maybe, and sends it to you like in a... Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And we've done so already. I think Sagemore Vineyards was an example of somebody who contacted us. So this would be something that we would love. And if you guys want to you know, get in touch with us, they can email us at uh, decandidpodcast at gmail.com. And we will get back to you right away. Fantastic. I just so adore you both. Thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing your gifts and your love of wine with our listeners. And just keep going. Keep popping those corks one by one every year. <laughs> it's time to celebrate. Congratulations and happy anniversary to you as well. Oh, thank you. Thanks, coach. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, guys. Uh, if you're new or returning to the show and have not yet subscribed, please subscribe to receive the latest episodes as they're released. And if you love what you heard today, we love a great review too. Thanks so much for listening in. We'll see you next time on Podcasters on Purpose. Hey there, have you ever thought about creating your own podcast? If so, I'd love to support you with giving you a free guide on how you can create your studio and setup for your podcast. If you'd be interested in learning more about the microphone that I use, the headset that I use, the software that I use <laughs> to do these shows, I'd love to share that with you. You can go on over to podcastingonpurpose.com. <laughs>